0: What would our world be without leaders, innovators, and kingdom builders? Welcome to Under the Crown, where you get inside the twisted minds of our host, Trey Carmichael, and the kings and queens in his circle, covering leadership, marketing, sales, recruiting, management, and so much more under the crown is here to help you build your kingdom are you prepared for the siege what's going on guys it's your man here trey carmichael coming at you with another episode of under the crown today i'm here with one of the absolute legends of the space sean clark he created the software that by the time you before you know it, it's probably going to run half the internet. If it doesn't, <laughs> so without further ado, this is Sean Clark. Man, tell us a little bit more about who you are and why you do it.
1: Well, hey everybody, uh, nice to be here. Uh, so yeah, Sean Clark, I guess uh, co-founder uh, of High Level. Um, we're like a all-in-one sales CRM uh, uh, platform uh, that we sell white label to all kinds of digital agencies, freelancers, consultants really uh, marketers of all sorts and shapes um just to really help people build up their businesses grow their businesses really make a lot more money than they're making today in a very scalable scalable way
0: awesome man so let's dive into the king's journey like how did you get to be the man that you are today <laughs> building this just
1: uh, massive yeah. software suite i don't know how far back you want to go but uh as far uh, as you're willing, honestly, sure. I, like to, uh, uh, I
0: like to get to know people on here. Yeah,
1: sure. Um, well, I've just always wanted to be a business owner. I uh, grew up a single mom, only child and my and watched my mom, who had a very nice degree in mechanical engineering, get laid off a couple of times and thought, huh, that sucks that, you know, you can be sort of smart and hardworking and still have people lay you off. So uh, I thought maybe I should do something differently. So I, I always try to cut a path to entrepreneurship. Um, and, you know, have had several businesses in my life uh, prior to this one. And, you know, through a lot of twists and turns, um, always been a software engineer, though, and love software uh, writing code. And so really love the power of software to change the world and help people, especially small businesses. And so really got here through a lot of trials and tribulations in that in that direction and start, starting different software businesses um, having some success, a lot of failures and kind of trying to learn from those failures and turn them into future successes.
0: Awesome, man. So as a software developer, do you still get your hands dirty on the
1: code? Not anymore. Um, I, 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 I would, if, if they would let me, uh, but at some point you become, if you're the worst developer on your team, you know, they try to keep you out of the code. So I've long since been ejected, but I do still have access to all the code repos and stuff. And I will, on occasion, um, go diving in there just to check things out. But, uh, but no, sadly I I don't spend any time in the code anymore, really.
0: Awesome, man. So what was the, what was that process like being able to actually (laughs) pull yourself out of the code and bring on developers that you could actually trust to keep building onto your
1: baby? Well, I mean, honestly, I I had an amazing co-founder from the start who was also an engineer and, um, always a better engineer than me so it it actually was really easy because i think you know i think it was originally it was more like i felt bad that i was sort of like leaving him behind to do that work um but i i always trusted him and uh you know so i knew that um you know when he brought on other people um and as we started to build the engineering team which today stands at about 80 but should be at about 130 by q1 um I knew that he was bringing on the right people, and so I was really honestly that 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 part of it never really was a concern to me. But it really owed to the fact of, you know, really finding an amazing co-founder right out of the gate.
0: Awesome, man! Uh, how did you go about picking that co-founder? What were the yeah? Traits- I was just
1: I was just thinking as I was saying, finding is the wrong word. I have known my co-founder for gosh at least ten years, and I hired him at at, at uh, almost one if not his first job, one of his first jobs, and. Um, he was just always been amazing and I've tried to keep tabs with him. And then when I started this business, he was busy, it took me a year, uh, just to get his attention, uh, to, to get in to, to kind of have time to work with me. So, you know, I think it's, it's really maintaining relationships with great, amazing people over many, many years and, you know, really being able to hopefully capitalize on those relationships at the right time.
0: Mm. What do you think are the core traits that have that has made him such a good partner?
1: Um I would say personality and um and skill set. So his skill set very much you know I'm very um off the cuff, very cavalier. Um I would say he's well well more ma- mild-mannered, um more thoughtful in his approach. Um you know he's the type of guy you never want to play poker against because he's um you never know what hand he's playing. Um whereas for me I could you know I'm the great guy to play poker against because you'll probably always know how well I'm doing based on what my face looks like. But, uh, but so having somebody to offset you, I think in your, your, your tempo and your personality is key.
0: Awesome, man. So the next thing I want to talk about is all how many updates y'all actually roll out. And first of all, how that's even possible. I mean, obviously y'all have a big team, but how do you all maintain the communication across that large team to make sure that everyone's actually working together?
1: Well, that's evolved over time. So, ironically enough, I'd say it's harder to to put out more releases the bigger the team, um, believe it or not. Um, but, you know, in early days, it was just literally, you know, you have less people, you're talking to them often on Zoom and on Slack, and so it's very easy to just sort of hyper... Um, you know, develop and then you know decision making and, and feature builds and things were limited to a very small number of people. So that was kind of an easier days, believe it or not. I mean, it's buggier, buggier releases for sure, but it's certainly easier to do. But now it's it's really about um, structure. So not only um, behind the scenes technical structure of we make everything in microservices, which just effectively means like each 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 piece stands on its own technically, so it's not. Um, sort of able to da- if you down one thing, it doesn't down the whole app anymore, which is really a uh, was is a phenomenal thing. But also um, the structures within the team, so having product managers who work with um, dev leads, who work with dev teams, and keeping all of that very small. So um, you know, basically being able to create very um, active, you know, decision making at a very low level, all the way out to live, or at least to the app, is a, is the is the way we've been able to maintain that sort of that speed.
0: Awesome, man. So, how do y'all actually decide which of those updates to make? I know that you have a massive community and everybody has something that they are demanding y'all put out. So, how do you make that choice?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we would listen to our customers and we do so in a a democratic fashion. So, we have an ideas list that our customers can all put ideas on and vote up or down. um, And we literally go by those votes. Um, You know, we don't really sort of preconceive almost anything that we do, We, we only plan a quarter at a time, so um, where we try to stay very nimble and what we're trying to do is, is really move with our customer base. So if there's something that is um, becoming super important that maybe wasn't even on the radar two quarters ago, we wanna be able to be flexible and to act on that. And then as far as the ideas, it's it's actually that simple. It's asking your community to go into an ideas list, put their ideas up there, vote on them, and it's amazing. The ones at the top are almost always the best and uh, and, and the right ideas.
0: Awesome, man. It's kind of crazy how at scale, a lot of these software companies really lose that touch with their, with their audience and just kind of, they just start making updates that they think they want and they lose touch (laughs) with what they actually want.
1: Well, I think a lot of software companies though, have the problem of not knowing who their customer is. They try to sort of take on everybody. And so I think it's hard when you do that. um, How are you, you know, who, who am I serving? And at some point, if you're serving, you, you really are serving lots of different populations. I mean, I had this experience myself with my last software company. I mean, I was I was a single owner, founder, programmer, customer support guy, and yet I had this huge variety of people in different industries, and it was very hard to pin down. You know, well, should I should I do this for this person? Because, and then the answer is often was just no, because it only affected like five percent of the customer base, um, and so it really um, it can be really challenging. So you really have to know your customer, and in our case we only work with a very specific type of person and I think that benefits us tremendously.
0: Mm. So can you give me an example of one of the problems that you maybe have recently encountered and the thought process that you took as far as solving that problem?
1: Do you mean like on like a feature example?
0: Uh, Anything like a, uh, a problem that you've experienced, whether it was a, something there was an update and something broke and y'all had to address fixing it what is a problem that y'all that y'all have encountered recently and what what was you alls stop process as far as addressing it at y'all's level at scale
1: oh i mean gosh this happens all the time i mean we had a bug this weekend or on friday or something that was affecting all of our funnels because of an ios 16 update that um that that sort of doesn't follow the rules of the road as far as um website rendering goes Um, but you know what was awesome is as usual the first people to notice was our community (laughs) and they pointed this out to us and then what we did is you know because it was an urgent issue and it it was a weekend you know we said hey look all hands on deck here um, for that team that team uh, did an amazing job came off their weekend um worked on it it was a it was actually a fairly challenging issue just because it was an odd non-standard um, situation. So it wasn't like our code was broken. It wasn't like we had created a bug. It was almost like Apple had created the bug. And then we had to figure out how to work around it. Um, and so it took quite a bit of people, uh, you know, quite a few of our best and brightest to sit down and really strategize. And then they wrote wrote out the fix, um, popped it out this morning. And then again, because we have such a great community, you know, obviously we QA it, we do all this, we test it, yada, yada. But that doesn't really matter. What matters to us is does the community say, yep, that's good. And sure enough, the people who or are those advanced users who had reported those issues you know they they confirmed that 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 fix worked and so it was kind of just really cool this is kind of what what we do is fun we have this awesome community sort of supporting us but also helping us get better
0: that's awesome man so i have a kind of a two phase question the the first i want to cover the internal aspect of this question is whenever you encountered that issue all of your team was willing to jump on top of it and be there to solve it even on their weekend Mm -hmm. what do you think it is that you've done to actually build that culture in your team
1: well i mean i think it's sort of twofold one is the actual culture we've created so it could be things like you know being able to come in as an engineer and as an individual contributor and do a lot Um, we have very few restrictions we're a very open corporate culture you can you can i mean anyone on the team can message me at any time i'm happy to talk to anybody. They can talk to me about anything they want, um, you know, whether I'm qualified or not is, a, you know, is a different um, situation. But I would also say compensation is part of this. Um, you know, we gave stock options to all of our uh, employees um, and we were proud to do so. And I think aligning, you know, your people's interests with your, with their interests with yours and with your customers, I think it's is critical in any business um, and really trying to study those models that, and, and what works for you, but basically, you know, putting putting your team in a position to benefit from coming in and, and, and working their weekend right so uh, for me I think that that a lot of the a lot of this is is culture but it's also models as well
0: awesome man so the external phase of this question uh, what do you think it how 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 did you go about actually building the community around <laughs> your software
1: yeah so I mean I think that's what's funny about these types of questions is, is it's um, there, there's no master plan. Uh, there never was, and th- there never will be, at least as far as I'm, I'm concerned. And uh, you know, I, I think things happen very organically now um, because we never said we want a community. We just said, Oh, you know, like we're talking to a lot of people. Wh- where's the best place to talk to them. So we're like, I guess we should have a Facebook group. Like it was just that, like, it was just that like, well, let's try that kind of thing. Right. And I think th- what I've discovered, and, and I would say the word discovered is right because um, again, it wasn't intentional. I, I would just say that corporations, and we see this a lot actually everywhere um, now, but there's just all of this sort of like predefined um, methodology that sort of goes for um, almost like Bible and verse. Like, you know, you know, you will not talk to your customers, or if you do, you do, you will do so through a support ticket system. You know, you will do it this way or that way, right? You you know, and I think that what's wrong with that common doctrine is is that it just gets a lot of of the transparency aspects of this um wrong and i think some people would say well but you know what happens when you screw up right you're isn't everybody going to notice and the answer is yeah absolutely but they're also going to support you right so like i think when you're on the journey with your customer and you're transparent and they can be a part of it um i think that it also it has the effect of bringing them in for all kinds of great things <laughs> support uh, pointing out where you're going wrong right really helping you uphold the culture you've built so it was a very organic process, um, although I, I will say it, it is absolutely our biggest asset to, to date and probably always will be.
0: That's awesome, man. So having such a large community, you've seen a lot of different unique ways that high level has been used by now. Uh, what are some of the mo- most unique ways that you've seen?
1: Hmm. Well, um, I've seen it used for a very, very large, um, I mean, e- Multiple tens of thousands of vehicle um, management system where <laughs> drivers can use it to report uh, flat tires or broken engines or whatever back to the to the you know head headquarter office to come out and get their flat tire fixed and things which is as far from what I intended it or thought it would ever be used for kind of thing um, so that that's kind of a fun a, a fun one um, but you know I would say that the 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 most exciting for me though is when I see people use it to to change their own lives. Um, and this is kind of, I would say this is the best part of what we do is it's really about helping people help themselves, right? And when you give creative, hardworking people um, the right tools, and you do it in a way that's that, that really um, belies their own success. So like, you know, our success is their success. So like, if they fail, we fail. And when we do that, um, I think you can see some pretty amazing, magical things happen. Um, and so I would say that, that when I just see someone post like, I quit my job today or, you know, or I, or I got to this financial goal that I had, or I bought this thing that I've always wanted be, because I've gotten to this financial goal. I would say that those are, those are always the more exciting and interesting uses of high level in my mind.
0: Absolutely, man. It is quite a beautiful thing. What you've done as far as creating a vehicle for people to be able to do that, because the way that you have built and designed high level is that out of the box, it really is very much a blank slate that just gives you all of these little powers that you can implement into your business one at a time. And I think it's a very exciting thing. And I know that I know I'm not the only one that whenever I go in the high level, I feel like I'm just, it it almost feels like Christmas because it's like just unboxing all these different little sections to get to a different thing. And then you get a new thing that you can put into your business and, there's just there's, – there's so many pieces, and they're all a blank slate that can yeah. really just be built and put together to accomplish so many different things. And the way that y'all have made it communicate with other systems as well, like the, the vehicle is literally whatever someone can dream of, and that is a very powerful thing. Whereas most software, they kind of put you in a box,
1: yeah, well, it becomes very opinionated because most of the time, again, this this goes back to our customer base, right? So, you know, if you are dealing with, you know, lawyers and, you know, lawn care people and dentists and everything in between, I think you tend to feel like you have to sort of control the narrative a bit more. Um, and I agree, it sort of puts a lot of people in a box. And if you're a marketer and you're creative and you're trying and you have like a vision in your mind of what you're trying to create, I think being in in somebody else's box sort of is self-limiting that way. And so we sort of take that position that we're not here to define the box. We're here to to, to really follow along with what our customers are asking for and help really create the tools of, uh, you know, that they then go out and use to build the the things. And I think that's that's kind of the role we always wish to play. And again, I, I think of it as unleashing people's creativity, right? So, so many people exist in the world who have so many great, wonderful ideas And, you know, watching them work is really impressive. And so we just want to be there to help them uh, with all the tools they need to to, to really do those things. And that's kind of the, the way we see things.
0: I love that, man. So let's talk about the things that will actually let people change their lives then. What are some of the most effective growth strategies that you're seeing implemented for software and agencies right now?
1: Yeah, sure, sure. So I mean, I think that the biggest, the theme that I I really want everyone to sort of understand is that technology. I mean, it will sound really stupid. I think to a lot of people, but technology is like here to stay. It, it is, it is part and parcel of every small business. It, it is, it is sort of becoming boring in some sense. Like, you know, I, I I'm old, so you know, if I think back, you know, to when you used to start a business, you know, there's like, you know, it's like. The top 10 things you need to do or buy or get to start a business and, you know it's like you know get a computer and get internet connection get a mobile phone it's like i think at some point it's going to be like get a crm and, and if it isn't already and, and you know mark get this marketing technology and all this stuff but really um i think that the the difference it fundamentally has been who you get it from right so i think in the past it's been i buy software from software companies right but i think that is a, a big there's a big misconception there because I think that is the idea of I'm buying, like I'm buying tools that that, then can be used to build things, but wait, I'm not a, I'm a small business owner, right? I'm not a, I'm a plumber. I'm an elect, I'm I'm a dentist or something. I'm not a marketer. I'm not a professional. So I think what uh, the future of this is, is if you're an agency, if you're a marketer, if you're that person, you need to be buying the tools and providing them to your clients in two ways. One is with strategy um, and with pre-done, ready-to-go kind of ways for those people to be successful, because you understand the tools, right? And then the revenue side of things is the big piece, right? So in the past, it, as a marketer, sure, maybe I understood that technology was important. So I would go get technology or recommend technology and then bring it forward to my customer. But I would do so on that software company's brand name. So I think it, I think the difference – and in that case, the software company gets all the revenue – if the customer leaves me as a marketer, the software company that I've introduced them to does not lose that lose that revenue. With us, it's different. So my goal is to take every agency and turn them into part software company, part marketing agency. So you're selling, you're getting revenue on the software, and you're getting revenue on the services. Um, and if one, if you lose one, you don't have to lose the other. Um, that to me is the big uh, change as we as we move forward here.
0: Awesome, man. So, something that a couple of people in your community wanted to know is if there's actually an exit strategy around go high level or if that's in the picture no, right?
1: there is not an exit strategy again, there's no master plan um <laughs> uh, so I, I you know I mean I've been in saAS my whole life <laughs> um I've read all of the doctrine I've heard all of the theories that's like build the cell, build the cell. I think there's has been a book on this um but you know, I think all of that is nonsense um it doesn't mean that people don't sell companies because that does happen but I, i having having raised money now actually uh last year um and having formally gone through the process as i as i suspected it's much harder than you think and i think it's sort of like when you read in the tech press about companies raising or selling you're sort of reading about lightning strikes happening um and it's not that that don't happen but most of the time they're they're just years in the making and there's just there's a lot more to it than I think is just sort of in the headline. Um, and, and so as a result, I think running around sort of having a master plan or having an intention to, uh, sell or something, I, I think it's sort of a ridiculous notion because I just don't, I don't see it as something that you can really plan for, um, as much as people maybe, uh, talk about it.
0: Mm, I love that. And I feel like, I feel like hearing that straight out of your mouth is probably reassuring to a lot of people in the community as well, who are building their livelihood and changing their lives with the vehicle that you've created. Because let's be honest, the level of communication that you've maintained, at your level in this company is is almost unfound in other companies. Well,
1: and, and actually, I would say that there's also something more to this. Um, you know, I I care a lot about our community, so. So just to give you some inside ball, when we went to raise money, um, we had a full acquisition offer uh, for hundreds of millions of dollars that would have made me fabulously wealthy. um, And I wouldn't have had to work a a day in my life more. Um, And I turned that offer down. Um, And I did so for one very good reason. And it wasn't because I didn't want money and I didn't want to not work for the rest of my life. That was all positive. But the people I would have had to sell to would not have maintained the business model that we have today. And it was in the face of that. Um, realization that I, I couldn't stomach the idea of hanging my customer out to dry. And so that's really why I turned that down. And in fact, the money that we took, the people that we took it from, the biggest reason we took it from them wasn't because they offered to us. We actually had lots of people offering us uh, the same deal, in some cases better, but we took it from them because they were very adamant that they they loved what we were doing, the way we were doing it, and had no intention of asking us to change it. Um, and if anything, they were just sort of interesting to see if they could help us accelerate it. Um, and, uh, and I would say that they actually have done that. Um, so really aligning ourselves with people who understand the vision is important. Um, I love our customers. I love what we're doing. We're changing the world. We are changing the world by, by enabling our customers to change the world, and no one else is doing it the way we're doing it. Um, and so I just refuse to allow that uh, to change anytime soon. So yeah, so, so just, just for the record, um, we did have an option to uh, th- throw it all away and retire, but we just chose to keep going
0: wow that that's incredible, man and being one of the people who is about to lean very much into sas uh, because of how much I believe in y'all's company, it is very reassuring to hear that straight out of your mouth man thanks <laughs> so just because I'm curious as the as the man who started it all and Created all of this. Do you think that there's a feature in Go High Level that you think is underrated, underused, that maybe yes. you thought people would like? Yes.
1: The first feature we ever built. So, you know, uh, so to this day, the problem that we inherently started out to solve is um, still undersolved, um, despite our best intentions to help solve it. Um, and that is the, the, the really the, the time from lead to, to first contact. And, and we think of it sort of as, as, as the lead nurturing process. So, I mean, every business under the sun brings in leads all the time. Le- bringing in leads, in fact, is probably easier today than it's ever been. And yet, um, p- most people fail to turn those leads into customers. And the reason why is very simple. Um, ultimately, a lead is not a referral, which is what most companies are used to, right? You, know, you, you tell your friend, oh, you got to go down there and buy this and check them out and all that. So when, you, when your friend walks through the door, which is most businesses that have people walk through the door, they're sort of pre-sold. But a lead is somebody who's sort of seen an offer, expressed an interest, um, and it can even be somebody who's sort of self-done self, self done this, right? It's so like um, this weekend, I uh, I realized I needed some work done in my house. I reached out to some people I saw on Google based on the reviews in my area, um, and th- you know I've gotten back one response from one of them. And, you know, and they basically said, hey, we're really busy right now, so we might not be able to help you. And so this response, this this time to get back to us or to get back to those leads is so critical. In fact, it's the first five minutes that matters. Um, and so today we still have the feature of the lead comes in, you're texting them out in five minutes and you're saying, hey, thanks for checking out our offer in order to get you to this next place in the journey that I know you want to get to. Uh, we need to book an appointment. Is now a good time to get you scheduled? And that person can then text back, yeah, that'd be great, something. And we have AI that says that's a positive response or a negative response. And then so, and you know, if they say, yeah, that'd be great, we say, okay, great, here's a link to our calendar, grab a time that works for you. And I'm telling you, it crushes it. It gets tons of people to self book, gets them out of the mode of I'm, I'm, a, I'm a person looking for a solution and moves them into the mode of I've chosen a vendor, I've booked an appointment, I know my destination, I'm gonna check that box off of my list today and I'm gonna move on to something else. And you as a business owner have literally just picked up a booked appointment, somebody they're going to walk in, going to talk to you about your service or ask you to help them, which is something you should know how to do um, and really will help you turn a lot more leads into customers than you're doing today. So that that feature right there is the number one feature I feel like is underused.
0: I, I can agree with you there, man. As a systems consultant, I can absolutely say that the first thing that I look at is how are you actually communicating with your leads? How quickly are you communicating with them? And what are you actually doing to move them to the next step in an automated manner? Because as a business owner, you can't message everyone at, at scale. It's impossible.
1: Oh, I, I would agree. I mean, and it's not just scale, by the way. I mean, I think the other thing to realize is that like for every time, for every moment in time you spend doing that, you could be doing something else. And so if you automate that piece, um, you know, fundamentally that, that doesn't mean you're not you, you like don't do anything. It just means you do something else that's that can't be automated, right? So you use automation where automation makes sense. And then and then that way you have more time left over to use your manual intervention uh where where it's best used.
0: Awesome, man. So super quick, what are you doing in your personal life to <clears throat> carry the weight of your crown and make sure that nothing's slipping through the cracks?
1: Oh, I mean nothing more than usual, just running around with my head cut off. Um, all the time, just trying. But these days, I would say the difference is you know, it's trying to support my team internally to support our, our community um, more than it is trying to support our. I mean, I, I certainly still am very involved in the community and that will never cease. But I, I realized that to, to my same advice, I would give the business owner, um, you know, spending time on the things that make the most sense. I try to support my team because I know they're the way in which we can support a larger community. And so it's really building up people or giving my internal team support that they need to be, to help people. Um, And a lot of it's around culture and decision-making more than almost anything, because I have an amazing team that works their butt off already. But it's just understanding that, you know, when somebody asks for a refund, even if it's their silly fault that they didn't do it on time or it's clear they didn't take action or whatever, you just fall on your sword and give them the darn refund because it's not worth the one-star review and the pissed off person who hates you. You know, it's, it's, it's sort of coming through those types of decision cycles that I think is really the role I play today. But the same way I've always done it is just running around like a crazy person.
0: You know what, man? I'm just going to thank you right now for the authenticity of that statement because that is something that I think is often forgotten and almost pushed under the rug by a lot of established entrepreneurs and gurus in this space is that the chaos never really goes away. At some point, you might be able to get a large enough team that maybe you're a little farther away from the chaos at times. But it never, it never actually goes away. So to act like the
1: chaos just disappears is a myth. I mean, if you're not in it, you're not in it, right? So I mean, you could certainly put a team in place to help or to remove you from the chaos entirely. But at some point, it's just about where are you going to spend your time and what are you spending and why are you spending it on on that item. So you, you know, there are definitely situations where like. I can say there was times when I was spending too much time doing X, Y, or Z that were, that wasn't helping the business get farther down the road. But now, I mean, the, the time shift, you still have to spend time in the business or on the business or whatever, however they say it. But point is, is that if you're not, you're like, whatever, on the beach or something, everyone should go on vacation. Don't get me wrong. That's, that's not a bad thing. But, um, but, you know, in general, if you're not spending time on the business, the business will not advance. So, um, and also leadership comes from the top. I mean, don't think that your team doesn't see you <laughs> off ch- chilling on the beach and, and they think, well, why the hell should I work for that guy? He's out chilling on the beach. Um, so I also think leadership comes from the top. So people watch your behavior and will, will mimic what you do very much in their own lives.
0: Awesome, man. So what's the best way to get involved with y'all and see more of you?
1: Sign up for a free trial on the website. Join the Facebook community. Uh, definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel, Not not because... Uh, uh, well, I mean, I, not because of anything I do, but the, the f- phenomenal, uh, marketers that we have in that, in that channel is awesome. And also it's just an easy way to keep track of all the new features that come out, um, which as you highlighted, come out quite often. And in fact, right after this video, I'm pleased to say I get to launch, uh, affiliate management software on beta. Um, so I'm thrilled, uh, Ooh, to do that that's today. a
0: beautiful thing. I know. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for your time today.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for taking the time out of your day. Thanks again for tuning in for another episode. Make sure that you subscribe to the show so you're never left out in the snow. Do you want to build a business or get more customers online? Are you tired of spending all your time shackled to your business? Tired of being treated like the court jester? Not anymore. You can get a care package from Trey today for just a buck that will help you beat shiny object syndrome with Trey's favorite tool list. Build your online authority and network with your own podcast and by being interviewed on other podcasts. Systemize your business with Trey's seven pillar system. Hire a VA to get your time back and so much more. You heard me right. All of that for less than the last Starbucks you got. Go to TreyCarmichael.us and get yours while it's hot. Check the couch for that dollar if you got to